everyone. Uh, welcome to the Cultivate Podcast with the Grove Church. I'm Charlie Lofton, the lead pastor there. And thank you so much for joining us. And we are wrapping up, I guess, right now, uh, a series we've been doing on the six kind of essential things that I think are incredibly important for every church member to do. If we're going to have a healthy church, if we want to be a healthy person in a healthy church, I mean, there are certain commitments that I feel like we need to be able to make to each other. And too often we get into a mindset that being a part of a church is just going to a meeting or really kind of going to an event, watching an event happen. And maybe I got to make a contribution to it so the event will keep happening. But church is something that I watch happen. And it's really not like something that I'm supposed to do. Like I don't have people too often uh, believe that they don't have a critical role. And every person who is a part of a church, if we want it to be a healthy church and you want to be a healthy person in it, everyone has. Everyone has an incredibly critical role to play. And I believe that these six things, these six commitments help us understand kind of as members of a church, what each one of us need to be a part of. The first one we talked about was connecting. And that comes from the great commandments of loving God and loving others. We want to be relationally well-connected to God and to one another. So we make a commitment to pursue a relationship with God, connect that way. And we connect on Sunday mornings in our worship services. And we connect by being a part of a small group of people who can help and encourage us. We give to our church, not just simply because it's the fundraising mechanism for the church, but also because this is what God requires of us, what he asks of us. Um, it, and we do it because God blesses us when we are generous in giving back to him. And ultimately, it's an incredible investment to make huge differences in the, in the lives and souls of, of people and families all over the world. Third, we will serve. We do not want to be people who are only just receiving and taking um, we don't receive spiritual blessing and that ends. We receive spiritual blessing so that we can give it away. We don't just come to church to be blessed. We come to church to bless others. And so we find a place to serve in our church. But we also need to find places to serve our community and world because this is what God has called us to do. Four, we will, we will pray. I'll pray for my church. I mean, the, the, the real power in church, the real power comes when God's presence is powerful there. And God's presence is powerful when his people are praying. So we want to cultivate a prayer life. We want to pray for our church. And we want to pray for the leaders of our church. Five, we will protect our church. We'll protect our church's reputation. We will honor God and his church and, and give them a good reputation in our community and world by loving each other well, um, by not being bickering, fighting people, and by ultimately by living a godly life, by just by not being a hypocrite, by not being a story that someone tells that they to say that that the church and Jesus aren't real. We protect God, his church, and their reputation. And finally, number six, I will invite to my church. I, I will be a I will be an inviter. I will be a welcomer. I will be someone who recognizes that this thing that God is doing in my life, I want it to be a part of other people's lives as well. Kind of speaks to the same thing we talked about a lot with serving. I am being blessed by this. Who can I bless with this? I want to invite people to this so that they can receive that same sort of blessing. That God is wanting to bring hope and life to the world. He is wanting to bring the gospel to the world. And we all have a role to play. And it is important for us to be able to talk about Jesus with other people, to talk about what he's doing in our lives. But sometimes a lot of that can be really intimidating but it can be a little bit simpler. It's like, hey, I don't necessarily know how to share the gospel, 
I don't really know how to talk to Jesus really well, but I know there's a place that is pretty good at it. And I want to, I can take my people there. That is something that I think that all of us can do, which is to just reach out to the people around us and invite them to come be a part of what God is doing. I think too often we think that that is not what people want, that people don't want that or that people will be offended by that. Like, like somehow you're coming to them and you'd be like, man, you look like somebody who needs church. You should go to church. Like that somehow that that's an insult when really if thought about the right way. And I think this is how most people think about it. If you could just start thinking about it this way, there has been this thing that has been incredibly important to me in my life has been really helpful. And I would love to do this with you as well. Like inviting someone to your favorite restaurant, to your favorite store, to a brand maybe that they've not heard of. Man, we just got these new sheets. We just, we just found this, this new restaurant. We just, we, you know, I don't know if you've heard of this. I found this really cool website the other day. And you share this with people. I feel like it's very normal. I think it is us that is made too often extending that to church. We've made it awkward. I mean, you could, you could ask somebody, hey, would you like to come to church with me sometime? And they say no. And you'd be like, okay. And that really could be the end of it if, you've, if you would let it. You don't have to be offended by that. They're not in a place right now where that's what they want. And it's fine. It can be normal. It only becomes abnormal when you make it not normal. Do you want this? No. Okay, that's it. It can be like that. But the reality of it is, I think that you will find a lot more receptivity um, in the world than you realize. I think there is a greater spiritual hunger than, than most people realize. I mean, there's just, there's a lot of hurt, hurt in the world. There's a lot of brokenness in the world. And you believe that Jesus has given you some answers and some hope in the midst of that. People are looking for hope in the middle of whatever all of this is. And you are offering that to them. And I think at a minimum, the people who will say no to you, the worst thing that they will think about you is they wanted to share something that they liked with me. They may think that you're weird for liking it. That's the weirdest thing. They may think you're weird for liking, but hopefully they already know that you're going anyway. But it's not weird for you to want to share something that you enjoy with someone that you care about. That's what you're communicating. I care about you and I want to share this with you. Are you interested? Yes or no? And they may say no, and that's okay. But I think you'll get a lot more yeses. And so let me, um, let me give you some tips. Can I give you some tips, tips and tricks? I know why I'm asking you a question. Uh, it's just me and this microphone. I'd say what I want to say. I am going to give you some tips. So I believe that the more specific the request, the better. Hey, would you like to come to church with me sometime? That you've given them an easy way of saying yes, and then that just be the end of it. It was like, sure, I guess. And then that just be it, right? A specific request. Hey, we're going to be at church this Sunday. We go to the 1030. So that's good. So we'll stop right there. We're going to, would you like to come? That's good. We're going to church this Sunday. We go to the 1030 service. Would you like to join us? So now we're getting more specific and beyond even more specific. I would also like to suggest that the earlier in the morning that you can meet up with them, the better. And by that, I don't mean the first service rather than the second service. I mean, within in the time frame of the service itself. So let's say it's the 1030. Hey, we're going to church this Sunday. We go to the 1030 service. Would you like to join us? I can meet you in the parking lot about 1020 and help you get there. And so now you're meeting them in the parking lot. Oh, we can come by and pick you up and you could ride with us. 
The earlier you are with them, the fewer obstacles they're having to overcome. I don't know how long it's been since you visited a church for the first time, but it can be a little bit of a weird deal. I remember several years ago, I took a month off for a sabbatical, but I happened to be in town one Sunday and I visited a couple of churches in town that I was really interested in. And I'm telling you, it was, it was just weird. It's just weird because you're like, even though I know some of the people who were here, I know the pastor, like I walked in this one church and it was just like, I walked in the front door and there was no one in the lobby and there were no signs. I legit didn't know where to go. I got, I legitimately didn't go. It, in their defense, it wasn't a movie theater, but however, there should have been a sign. Like there's like 13 screens in this deal. And I'm like, which, which, which way, which, 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 which theater? And it, it just felt, I felt nervous. I felt nervous and uncomfortable. And I'm a pretty confident guy who knew I was going to be greeted eventually by people that I knew really well. And it still felt a little weird and awkward for me. And so it can be like that, especially like you don't know what's on the other side of that door, which is why we try to keep doors open and have friendly people on the outside of that door, right? Because we want to put them at ease that there's not something weird happening on the other side of this door. And so the sooner that they can meet up with you, the better. And so you can kind of help them. I'll remember this for ever. I remember this forever. This was 2001. 2001, I'm a seminary student in Denver, Colorado, and I am working night shift. I'm the night manager at a Chick-fil-A there. And I got a couple of guys. They're really cool guys, Pedro and Jorge. They were not church guys at all, but we had built quite a good friendship, really good friendship. They were, um, uh, they were teaching me uh, some Spanish, and I was the only person that they'd ever met that knew English grammar rules. And so I could help them with English grammar. And so they would come with this little list of things and questions that they have. And um, we would talk in Spanish some to help me, talk in English some to help them. It was a really cool relationship. We built a real friendship. So I was preaching at the this church that I had been helping with. I was preaching there one Sunday and I invited them. Hey, would you come? Would you come? I would love to just see you come and you can hear me preach. They said, we would love to do that. We will be there this Sunday. So I gave them directions on how to get there. Sunday came and went and Pedro and Jorge didn't come. So then I see him on Monday and not in a bad way. I just came like, come on, man, guys, what, what happened, man? I thought you guys were going to come see me. And they say to me, we actually did. We made it all the way to the parking lot and we sat in the parking lot in our car for a few minutes and we got nervous and we drove away. They were 50 feet, 50 feet away, 50 feet, one door and a hallway away from where we were, from seeing me, my wife, and my daughters, whom they all knew, but they couldn't make that last 50 feet. I mean, they probably lived 25 minutes away. I mean, this is in the Denver metro area. They'd driven 25, 30 minutes to get to this place and could not make the last 50 feet because the last 50 feet was so incredibly intimidating to them. And that's the kind of thing that we can help people overcome, that fear of the last little bit of what's on the other side of that door. Are there going to be kind people there to receive me? Do there are the people there that want me there? You want them there, so meet up with them so that at a minimum, they know from the very beginning, they have people that want them there and love them to be there with them. And again, if you make a very specific invite, a very specific invite, and, and you make it about your connection with them and connecting with them early, um, I, I, think you, I, think you'll be, I think you'll be really pleasantly surprised at the number of yeses that you'll get. Another hangup that people have about inviting people to church, and if you listen to this and you do not go to the Grove, then I don't know what to tell you because you've got your own experience with your church. But we are very intentional in the way that we design our services at the Grove. 
Because some people are afraid. I don't want to, I don't know if I want to invite my friends to church because sometimes our church does things that might be weird. Sometimes uh, our church might do something that my new people wouldn't understand. Like there's sometimes it'd be cool, sometimes it's not. Well, I don't really know, right? I was like, I don't I hope they don't, I don't want them, I don't want them to get embarrassed. Here's the thing that can really be intimidating to people is they don't know what to expect at church. Now, if you've gone to the Grove for even more than a minute, and I were to say to you, hey, what would you tell your friends to expect at church? You would, you would not say to them, I can't imagine that you would say, I don't know, it depends on the Sunday. You can tell them exactly what to expect. And the service starts, there'll be somebody who will get up and welcome everybody. There's going to be two songs. Then there'll be a video bumper music thing that plays while the band gets off the stage and the preacher gets on the stage. Preacher gets up, about 75% of the time it's this one dude, about 25% of the time it's this other dude. Either way, it'll be a little bit over 30 minutes. And then he'll pray, the band will come back up, song, song, the person at the beginning will come back up at the end, kind of give a little closing thought, make a couple announcements and leave. It'll take about 65 to 70 minutes. That's what your experience will be. It does not matter what Sunday you invite your friends to. It doesn't matter. It's never going to be that. You're not ever going to end accidentally invite your uh, you're never going to accidentally invite them to snake day or, or everybody stand up and give everybody a hug day. Let's all hold hands and sing face to face to each other. Nothing like that. Nothing's weird ever, ever going to happen. Our entire service is designed around the fact that there's always going to be somebody there who is, this is their first time. That's why I always introduce myself every Sunday, every service, every Sunday. That's why the hosts introduce themselves every Sunday, every service. That's why we never assume that, oh, it's kind of like what we talked about last week. If I say that, hey, this is like what we talked last week, I'll repeat the thing that I said last week and say, and I'm, some of you probably, a lot of you probably didn't hear that. I encourage you to go back and listen to it. I never, we don't want inside jokes. We don't want people to feel like that they're excluded because they weren't here. We don't, we don't feel like people that from the very beginning that they can belong. So we're not ever going to do anything weird. We're not going to do anything to make them comfortable. And if there's a chance that we think that there might be a Sunday that might not be great to invite people to, we'll tell you in advance. The most notable one I can think of is sometimes when we do relationship series, there'll be a Sunday where we will specifically talk about sex. And so we will tell you, hey, guess what? Next week in our relationship series, we're going to talk about sex. And if that's a reason why to invite a friend, invite them. If if, if, If it seems weird, then don't right? We'll just let you know because we don't want you to be caught unaware. We want, we're, we are structuring our services, the way that we talk, the way that we greet, the way we do worship, the way we do everything, always knowing that there's a chance that there's going to be, this going to be somebody's first experience. And if it's going to be somebody's first experience, we want it to be a good one. And so we I say, I invite to my church. I'm going to invite to my church by inviting people who don't go to church to attend. But I also want to be an inviter. I also want to be a welcomer by warmly welcoming people who visit. Most people, right? Here's, here's, here's kind of one of these little church pastor stats. One of these little pastor stats is, is that most people will make up their mind about whether or not they like a church before the service starts or usually within the first couple of minutes of the service, right? Maybe with, I think it's, I think by the time the service, we're five minutes into the service, I think 90 plus percent of people have made a decision about whether or not they like the church or not. But what does that say? Well, usually it also has something to do like the very beginning of the service, right? Sometimes people really do have really strong music preferences. But more than that, it has to do with 
How friendly were people? Was it a safe place to drop off my kids? And how friendly were the people? So people have made a decision about the culture of the church, usually 20, 30 minutes before the pastor can even get up there. And so the way that I talk about it with people is like, all I can do is blow it, right? I cannot, I can't, they, they, some people have already, they've, they've already made up their mind that they're not coming back because of the, 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 just the vibe, the feel of it, right? And so what we do in loving and welcoming and encouraging people who are new is infinitely more important than how good the sermon is. Ultimately, in the long term, the quality and style of the music and the, the teaching ultimately matters more. But sometimes people we don't people don't we don't get we don't get the opportunity to demonstrate that our worship and our teaching is really good because we have not done the work of being a friendly, welcoming church. Now I don't I'm not saying that that we have that problem at the Grove. I think you guys actually do a great job. But I, I do, I just mean in big, big picture, that's, that's what happens in churches. And so I would just encourage you, whether or not you are officially on the greeting team or not, if you've ever stood at the front door as an official greeter or not, it doesn't matter. I feel like everybody who is listening to this, I am now deputizing you to be an unofficial member of the greeting team to make sure that you, to make sure that you every week believe it is your job. Maybe just kind of, you are like the, the captain of your section. You, most, most people sit in about the same spot every week. And so you see some of the same people every week. And so if there's somebody there that you don't know, you should say something to them. If you're in the lobby, you see somebody don't know, you should say something to them. I would rather this happen 50 times where someone is like, Hey, I've never seen you before. Are you new? They're like, no, I've been coming here eight years and you feel a little embarrassed. I, and they feel a little embarrassed too because they've been coming here for eight years and you're just now meeting them. It's, it's embarrassing for everybody. I would rather that happen 50 times than your fear of that keep you from greeting someone who in fact it was their first time. And because the worst thing that happens is we're just being more friendly to one another. So let's just, let's just do that. Let's just consider ourselves welcomers and greeters. And this is something that was a lot stronger pre-COVID. Um, you know, but we still... We still have our say hi to the people around you. We have it real early in the service. And by and large, we're late, at, we're late arrivers. And so this has kind of lost a little of its punch, but we still have it where we want to say hi to the, we like a, a special time. Hey, say hi to the people around you. And I want to tell you this story about that and just kind of in general about how it matters, how welcoming we are. I was a freshman in college. So this was in the fall of 1990, 32 years ago. Um, I'd grown up in a church that I would have said that I liked. I liked it growing up. I didn't know any different. I liked it. But the interesting thing was I went to college. I went to a church that was exactly the same, everything the same, the same denomination, same everything. And I went in there and the, the preaching was the same. The music was the same. The people were the same. And I walked in there and the first time and I realized, wait a second, I don't, I don't like this. This is kind of boring. And the people are, are, aren't friendly. I set an alarm to come to this. I was just like, ugh. And at the same time, I'm 18 years old, about to become 19 years old, and I'm making some mediocre decisions, making some bad life decisions. And so my, my life is heading a different direction, and I'm thinking about church, and I'm just like, and honestly, in my heart, I'm thinking about, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. I've got this guilt association with it, both from, from the church itself, also from my parents, that that's kind of, it's a requirement to go to church. But I'm serious, I'm contemplating, like, I don't think I want to do this anymore. But I decided I was going to give church one last chance. And this is early November of 1990. 
Uh, I want to give church one more chance. God gets one more chance. And so I looked in the yellow pages and that's how old this was. There's no internet. I'm having to find a church in the yellow pages. So I find this thing and it's the name of a church that it was similar to a church that my brother was coming to. I was in Conway. My brother was going to a church with a similar name here in Northwest Arkansas. So my, my brother doesn't seem to hate that. And so it's, I, I'll go check this out. And so I go there and it's a different type of church. It's the first time I've seen an instrument other than a piano or organ that was a, um, that was part of a church. I thought that was cool. The, the, the teaching was, the teaching was cool. I was interesting. It was engaging. I was like, maybe I think I could do this. I'm not saying I had some great spiritual renewal that day, but at a minimum, I was like, I think I could go to this church and they had the little meet and greet time. And this lady next to me, she introduces herself to me and, um, oh, it was kind of nice. Hey, see, how to your neighbor? And she introduced herself to me. She was real kind. It was cool. And, um, and then after the service, this lady, her name is Bev. I, I learned this later. I'm not great with names in the moment. Bev Talent was her name. And um, after the service, she looks at me and says, you're a college student, right? And I said, yes, ma'am. And she says, hold on here just a second. And she goes and gets this guy who was a college pastor, not at the church, but for a non-denominational ministry. And uh, he says, man, uh, where, where, where you go to school? I go to, I go to Hendrix. What dorm? I tell him the dorm. He's like, man, I'm thinking about starting a Bible study with freshmen in that dorm. Would you be interested? Now, I don't know how you grew up, but there's only one answer to that question. It's yes. Um, I wasn't necessarily interested in being this stranger's Bible study, but you can't say you're not interested in the Bible study. I'm not some heathen. Um, and so I'm interested. I say, sure. And so he takes my name, but I don't think anything of it. And sure enough, he follows up with me and invites me to be a part of this Bible study and ultimately becomes a mentor. And ultimately, the direction of my life is completely changed from a freshman who was abandoning God and everything to whatever it is I am now. And, you know, the, the mentor, he gets the credit. The guy who led the Bible study, he gets the credit. But you know who gets a lot of the credit? A fairly anonymous, you know, a veterinarian's wife named Bev Talent, who just on a random Sunday looked at the kid who was next to her, warmly welcomed him, and then took one little step to help him get a little bit better connected. And ultimately, the trajectory of my life changed. And without exaggeration or feeling like I'm bragging, ultimately, thousands of people's lives have been impacted indirectly from her kindness to me that day. Because she had no idea. You don't have any idea who's sitting next to you. Whether this might be their first time there or it might be like I was. This is the, it was the last time I was coming to church. And, um, and she took an extra step, not knowing the situation that I was in, where my heart was going, where my life was headed. But she just showed a little bit of extra kindness to me that day and changed my life and my family's lives and, the, and again, many families' lives because of that. And that is the kind of culture that we want to just be commonplace in our church, where we are the kind of place that are warmly welcoming and inviting people who are disconnected from God to be a part of our church. So those are our six things. We want to be connected at our church. We want to give to our church. We want to serve our church. We want to pray for our church. We want to protect our church's reputation. And we want to be warm welcomers and inviters to our church. And I believe that as a church, if we made a commitment to do those six things together, increase our commitment and our connection to one another and what God has called us to as a church, we will be healthy people living life in a healthy church. So I encourage you to spend some time just praying and thinking about these things, making some commitments individually and as a family about what are some next level ways that you can kind of take some steps in each one of those six areas. 
And I think if we all do that, we will notice a significant change in the health of our church almost immediately. And so again, thanks for joining us, uh, for being a part of this podcast, being a part of this series. And if you are local and you're not a part of the Grove, we'd love to see you sometime. You can come check us out at thegrovechurch.org slash connect. Get all the information you'd like about our service, our service times. If you're not local, you can still go to that same place and find out about us. Fill a little card there. Let us know you've been listening. And you can join us online if you'd like. Either way, we would love to connect with you and let us know how we can love and serve you in any way that we can. Again, this is Charlie at The Grove and the Cultivate Podcast. And thanks for joining us.